now on Wake Up Australia. A dose of common sense. Common sense never goes out of style. From the other side of the world with Brendan O'Neill, editor of Spiked Online. G'day, Brendan O'Neill. How do we find you today, my friend? Hey, Luke. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Just fine, just fine. Uh, I was quite taken by a piece of yours and it parlays beautifully into one of the stories that we've had to deal with this week, not uh, anywhere near where we are now in Sydney or Brisbane or Canberra, but in uh, in Melbourne, where we learned that during the Victorian COVID lockdown period, uh, the Premier and his advisors were locking people away into focus groups and finding out how their dealing of COVID was playing out amongst the public. I don't know if that forced them to adjust their settings. I guess if they didn't, why then bother? And you write about the politics of fear being the enemy of democracy. And you've got Matt Hancock, uh, former minister, using a WhatsApp uh, message uh, group saying, amongst other things, that um, we can frighten the pants off everyone with a new COVID strain. That's appalling, isn't it? It is appalling. So this is the story. It's called The Lockdown Files. And what's happened is is a journalist here has released 100,000 of Matt Hancock's WhatsApp messages to the Daily Telegraph. And the Daily Telegraph here is uh, sorting through them and publishing the most shocking ones. And it's very, very interesting. Matt Hancock was the health secretary in the UK during COVID and during the lockdown. And the way in which he was talking to other ministers and civil servants about the lockdown is really quite shocking. So they talk about they talk openly about using the politics of fear to manipulate the public. Uh, Matt Hancock, as you say, talks about frightening the pants off everyone by um, talking about the, a, a new variant, the Kent variant, which, which came around at the end of 2020. And they really quite cynically have discussions with each other on WhatsApp about the need to frighten people, the need to control people, the need to get the police on the streets to make sure that people aren't breaking lockdown rules. I think it's been a it's provided a very grim and uh, important insight into how drunk with power the establishment became during lockdown. And and for me, the lesson is we must never give them this much power again because they will really run with it and they will take measures that are unnecessary, disproportionate and which have a devastating impact on people's freedom and people's daily lives. Uh, beautifully said. And you know what? When you've got centre-right politicians who you would imagine would be pro-liberty to be almost it's almost like an aphrodisiac this extra power they had but when you've got when you've got politicians of that flavor acting like this oh my god it's so dangerous isn't it it's so dangerous and you know we had one policy here in the uk we had the hotel quarantine policy which was brought in i think in early 2021 where yeah. if you went abroad to one of the red list countries which ended up being around 50 countries then when you came back to the uk you had to stay in a hotel for 10 days you had to pay for it it cost 2200 pounds which is a lot of money and so one of the messages revealed in the lockdown files shows that matt hancock was laughing about this policy with a civil servant they were hmm. they said it was hilarious uh, they said they would love to see the faces of these travelers coming back to the uk and having to stay in a tiny hotel room this is a policy that 
literally ruined some people's lives. Yes. Poorer British people who had to go abroad to visit dying relatives. They had to use all of their family savings in order to pay for quarantine. Uh, there was one man who had to go to Pakistan to visit his dying relative. His family's savings were completely destroyed because he had to pay for the quarantine when he came back. There are numerous, there are hundreds of cases of uh, poor British people going overseas to visit sick people whose lives were turned upside down by this policy. So to see Matt Hancock and other ministers laughing about it and making fun of it, I think it's a very good example of how when you become drunk with power, you become insensitive to people's lives. And, And that's, I think that's the line that was crossed during lockdown. We must never treat people in that way ever again. Spot on. Absolutely spot on. Now, Gary Lineker, uh, famous in the football world, he's facing criticism because he's described or compared uh, the the government's new migration policy. This was under... It was amazing watching Rishi, Rishi Sunak. Uh, Brendan was stop the boats. It was a, a tagline used famously here by a former Conservative government that did, in fact, stop the boats and did that very well. There's part of this that almost looks like, I don't want to use the expression, but it is a bit like an Australian solution. We grab anything we can here. But uh, Lineker has said this uh, policy, or he's at least compared it to Germany in the 1930s when the Nazis were seizing power. Now, he works on the BBC in sport, I might add, and he's very well paid. Is he, as a BBC staffer, entitled to hold and express views like that? I thought they'd have to play it pretty much down the line. Yeah, I mean, what's happened to Gary Lineker is so strange. It's really, really weird. You know, he he's a he was a very famous footballer in the 1990s. He now hosts um, Match of the Day, which is the most watched football show here in the UK. He's incredibly well known in this country as a, as a football legend. But over the past few months and years, he's become this really strange virtue signaller. He's on Twitter all the time tweeting about how much he hates Brexit, how much he dislikes the Tory party, how much he dislikes this new policy to stop the boats. He's become a kind of Guardian-style boring tweeter, and it's such a strange <laughs> thing that's happened to him. But for me, what was shocking about his tweets on the on the Stop the Boats policy was his comparison with 1930s Germany. I really yeah. think people need to stop making that comparison. Yeah. You cannot compare a perfectly legal, non-violent, legitimate effort to stop illegal immigration to the racist hysteria that gripped Germany under the Nazis. There is just no comparison between those two things. And and the thing that worries me most about those kinds of comparisons is that we end up trivialising the crimes of Nazi Germany by comparing them to things that are happening in the here and now. And I think the more that we take this knee-jerk approach of saying everyone I don't like is a fascist and a Nazi and Hitler... We are relativizing the past. And so we have to have some respect for historical truth and tackle issues in 2023 on their own terms. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. How is that playing out amongst the people? I I don't imagine Rishi Sunak has any chance of remaining prime minister once an election comes along. Or is this a game changer? How are you reading things? The small boats issue 
is important to people. It, it really is. And it's not because British people are racist and xenophobic and opposed to all forms of immigration. You, you'll often see those arguments being made in the in the more um, left wing press here. That's not the yeah. case. Yeah. The thing is that it seems to lots of people that our borders are slipping beyond our control. So just to give you a sense of how serious this is, um, in 2018, 300 people crossed the channel illegally on small boats. Last year, in 2022, 45,000 people crossed the channel legally i mean those numbers are extraordinary and first of all these are incredibly dangerous journeys for the people who undertake them and lots of people have died a compassionate country would want to put a stop to those kinds of dangerous journeys and then secondly every nation has the right to exercise democratic sovereign control over its borders and over the question of who gets to cross those borders. It is not fascistic, it is not like 1930s Germany to want to be in control of your own democratic nation. And I think we really need to get this discussion into perspective. And I think we really need to push back against the idea that you must be a an extremist lunatic if you want to have control over your own national territory. Yeah, spot on. Absolutely spot on. Now, finally, as they're affectionately known here, the ginger and the winger, we've <laughs> uh, we've we've had uh, uh, Harry and Meghan talking about. Well, we don't know if they'll go to the coronation, but there's been uh, at least a, a claim about their children's titles. Firstly, are the British public tired of these two? Do they support these two? And is there any indication yet that they may attend the coronation in some way? I think people are tired now of Harry and Meghan. I mean, it's still unclear as to whether they will come to the coronation uh, in a couple of months' time. Um, but I think one thing, one reason that Harry and Meghan really irritate lots of British people is because... I'm, I'm afraid to say they are such hypocrites on every issue. They behave in a hypocritical fashion. So, for example, they lecture everyone about climate change and the need to stop flying and traveling and driving. And yet they take private jets almost everywhere they go. They also talk about their, the importance of privacy, you know, leave us alone, stop invading our private lives. And then Prince Harry writes a book in which he tells everyone what Prince William said, what Prince, uh. what King Charles said, what Camilla is like. So he invades their privacy while saying that it's really terrible for people to invade our privacy. And now the latest act of hypocrisy is that they are talking about the birthright of their children to be called prince and princess, even though they've spent the past few years implying that the royal family is an archaic, racist backward institution and yet they still want to enjoy the privileges that the royal family will afford to their own kids so it just smacks of hypocrisy and i think one of the reasons that lots of people here in this country and in other parts of the world are tiring of harry and Meghan is because they do seem like the ginger and the winger who um constantly make all these virtuous performances but then they make all these other demands at the same time yeah Have a great weekend, mate. Thank you so much. Cheers, Luke. Good on you. Brendan O'Neill, Spiked Online.